Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Who's ready to hear the word of God this morning? Come on. That's it. A couple of you, come on. We're, we're excited that you're here. And we talked about it a bunch of ways this morning. Man, if, you, if you're looking for a real relationship with Jesus and one another, you found it right here at Rainy Life Church. If, you, if you're like, man, what does is, what is the L stand for? It's life change. You're like, oh, so talk to me a little bit more about what life change is. Well, John 8, 36, for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. When we find freedom, we begin to experience a life change, the things we want to do. We're like, man, I, don't want, I, I want to do something different. The things I don't want to do, we find ourselves like the Apostle Paul, right? But, but we reverse that because we're like, no, I want to honor the Lord with my life. And then the C for Ready and Life Church is community, right? We're not just here for ourselves. If, if our church were to close today and the community would not be impacted, then we're missing the mission of what Jesus has asked us to do, to be salt and light. And, and I'm so grateful to be back uh, this morning in the pulpit, continuing on in our series entitled Battle Ready. We're in week five, and I've only preached, this is the second time I'll be preaching in five weeks, which is, which is crazy. But aren't you grateful for an amazing church staff here that was bringing the word? Come on. Pastor Angel, Pastor, Anth- Pastor Anthony kicked us off with the intro to this series, and then Pastor Angel talked about the belt of truth, and then uh, Pastor Matt last week, right, putting on the shoes with the gospel of peace. I'm grateful, though, that he did clarify when he said, I'm so grateful for the women in my life. I was like, Matt, what are you talking about? Like, last week you were touching, touching on, like, the gospel of peace. Are you, like, the gospel of polygamy this morning? Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> But he clarified, so we're all good. We're all, we're all good. Um, but man, you're going to see throughout this series where we're going. And hopefully by the time it's over, you're like Ephesians chapter 6. I got that. I got that memorized, right? Because you're going to hear it over and over again. And then we just unveil one more verse as we go along. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 10 through 16. I say this often, man. Just don't take my word for it, right? The, the word of God is alive. It's true. It's active. You got to dive into it for yourself. So even though it's on the screen, if you have it on your phone or your, your iPad or whatever it may be, or the printed version, turn there, jump into it. Allow it to come to alive in you this morning. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, right? You've done everything you can do. You've mustered up all your strength and your standing. And then once you've done that, stand firm. And then here's where God's like, but now I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some armor so that when that day approaches, you're going to be able to stand firm But you're going to be able to stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I know we're living in a different day today than from when I was a kid, right? When it's just, it is what it is. Like there are things you can, you you cannot say now. There's things you cannot do now from when I was a kid. Uh, I loved playing all sports, and so uh, it was my first year. I played flag football, and now it's tackle football. And, um, like, my coach used to pray the Lord's Prayer before every game. 
right? This, is, this was just like the city league. I, of course, not being raised in church, had no clue what they were saying. And so I would just sit there in the huddle, like, like yep, yeah, whatever, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, but one of the things that we had to do, because safety was very important, is we'd all line up on the sidelines, and then we'd stand there like this, and the referee would come by, and he would go cup check, Right? And so he'd walk by and you'd knock and he'd make sure that you were wearing your protection. And uh, so it just so happens that day, our coach's son played on the team. And so the referees walk in and everything's good. And all of a sudden the coach goes like this to his son, bam, and the son goes down. And it wasn't in the spirit, it was in pain because he literally is crying because he was not protected from what was coming his way. Now, the gross part about this, and hopefully you, you haven't eaten yet today, was he was a starter. He was really good. He was a big boy. He played offensive line. <laughs> the coach looks at, it, looks at the one kid who doesn't play that much, and he goes, I need your cup. My son needs it. Mm. Mm. Right? Whew. Here's what I know. Shields are meant to protect us from the upcoming strike. Shields are meant to protect us from the upcoming strike. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, there is an item you need because there is, an atten- there is an enemy who's coming to attack. He's going to use these arrows. And so you're going to need a piece of armor that will protect you from what's happening. And so they would have uh, a shield. And, and understand, Paul's using this armor because everybody knew in context, like, oh, what's a Roman soldier use? Right? And so a Roman soldier would use a shield somewhat similar to this. It would be about two foot wide and about four foot long, and um, it was large enough for what? For them to be able to duck behind, right? So if an arrow was coming, they could shield their entire body from what was advancing at them. Uh, So it was their frontline protection against these attacks. Uh, The shield uh, would have been wrapped in leather. So on the inside had some protection, whether that was wood, whatever they had, some iron, uh, whatever they'd melt down, and they would wrap it in leather, and then they would soak it in water. And that was important, And that was useful. You're like, why would they soak it in water? Well, uh, the enemy would take dried plant leaves. They would wrap them around the the tip of their arrow. And then they would use uh, what was called uh, pitch. And pitch was like the pine, uh, the juice, all all the syrup from pine trees. And so they would grab that and they would dip it into that. And then they would light it on fire. So as they're lighting these arrows on fire, then as protection, you would bathe your shield in water. So when that fire would come and hit your shield it wouldn't be able to advance and be able to get past. It wouldn't burn. And so that, that was very important for them to be able to have that type of protection. And I wonder if those maybe watching online today or in the room, that's where you find yourself today. You, you, feel, you feel like every day there's a new arrow flying your way. You are under attack. You are under fire. Your marriage, you're like, man, we've never had so much tension in our relationship. Maybe, maybe it's with family and you're like, man, there's, there's this tension. It feels like there's an arrow coming every day. Or maybe it's somebody at work or, or maybe possibly it's just a, a relationship with a neighbor or a coworker. Whatever it would be, you're like, every day feels like we're under attack. And I would encourage you, I feel like it's, it's time for us to go on the offense. And, and we'll get to it because it's the last thing we'll talk about when it comes to the armor of God. There is one offensive weapon, but I feel like it's time for us to grab the belt of truth and put it on our waist. It's time for us to put that 70 pounds of that breastplate of righteousness, the righteousness that we receive from God. Not that we earn it, but he gives it. And it's time for us then to put on the, those shoes of peace and then grab that shield of faith and say, not today. Right? Not my marriage. Not today, Satan. You can't have it. My coworker? No, you can't. And all the friction that we're, we're feeling, we need to fight against that, but not in our own strength, but rather in his. And so we need to be willing and able to grab that shield of faith. I love that all of the pieces, I don't know if you've caught on, but these pieces of armor, 
go with something spiritually that we need in our life. So it's the belt of truth. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the shoes of peace. And now we're to put up, pick up or, or grab the shield of faith. So what is the biblical definition of faith? Because we need to start there. How I many know we, we always want to start, what does the Bible say? What's the biblical definition? You want to have the definition right because sometimes we put faith in the wrong thing. Right? You're like, oh man, I need to go get my car fixed and I don't want to spend the money and to go to this shop. And so you find this shop that's in the middle of nowhere, right? Falling down, dilapidated. You pull up with your car and Scooter comes out and you're like, hey, Scooter. Like, and uh, he's like, hey, what's wrong? I think it's my brakes. And he's like, nah, I think it's your gas tank. And you're like, well, I don't know what's happening. And, and you're putting trust in this person that one, they know what they're doing and they know how to fix it and make it right. Right, just think about it. We we're having a conversation on our way to church today. Uh, as a family, we used to go watch the Medina County fireworks every Sunday night. Uh, when, all, when my kids were little. They're, they know this now that they're older. The reason being is because if you go Sunday night, like at 8.30, you get in for free. Cheapo, right? And so we would go and we'd watch the fireworks, big cool thing. Uh, and I was like, maybe we should go back. And I was like, yeah, the Mighty Dinah County Fair, love it. So you take your kids to the fair and you get them that wristband. And then you trust the person who hauled that piece of equipment into that fair, tightened all of those bolts perfectly. And we're like, that's faith. That's a lot of faith, right? And you're like, so we need to make sure that we have an understanding of what is the definition biblically of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So the original language of the Greek word here of faith is pistis. It appears 240 times in the New Testament. And it means, it actually means acting on truth. So faith is acting on truth. And Pastor Angel talked about in week one, the belt of truth. Truth is God's opinion on the matter. So what is true? Well, what does God say about it? So faith is saying, God, what is it that you say about it? Now I will act according to your word. Because we need to remember that faith is not feelings. Faith is not feelings. Because you can feel your way into it and you can feel your way out of it. Right? Like, I've met with couples before and they're like, I don't know, I just don't, I'm, I'm not, the love isn't there. I'm like, oh, so you, you built something and you felt your way into it and now you're going to feel your way out of it. And so faith is not feelings. Faith is not something we see because we live by faith and not by sight. You see, feeling, feelings are circumstantial. It depends on our emotions, right? It depends on the day. But faith is a choice. Regardless of my emotions, regardless of what is happening, I will believe and trust and have faith. So we put on the belt, we put on the breastplate, and we put on the shoes of peace. To put on means that it's always needed. If you're going to put something on, it's always needed. Pastor Angel uh, eloquently put this in her, her sermon where she talks about a baseball player. Right? You, you wear your uniform to every game. You put it on. But you don't need your glove when it's time to bat. You don't need your bat when it's time to field. So those things are only when needed, but to, put, to take something and to put it on means you never take it off. So every day you need the truth of God's word. Every day you need his righteousness. Every day you need his peace. But then we see the verb change, and it's now I want you to take up, not put on. And to take up means it's as needed. As needed. I'm gonna need to pick up this shield of faith. I love that the word of God says you have to take it up. It's your responsibility. He's not going to pick it up for you. You need to do your work. You need to grab that shield of faith and say, man, I'm, I'm going to live by faith. Let me give you three thoughts on faith. First is this, is faith must be received. 
And I don't know, I don't know what it is. I feel like sometimes we're hardwired to, re- to react to the opposite of faith. Right? I feel like our, our default setting is doubt. Right? We leave church service and, and we're like, oh, that was really good, that was really good. And then we're driving and all of a sudden we're like, ah, did God really say that? Did God really say that I could pick up the shield of faith? That when the, when the darts of the enemy come, that man, he could extinguish. Did he, did he really say that? Did he mean that? And then we begin to question, we begin to doubt. Like, man, we talk about forgiveness and, and, and could God really forgive me? Does he really forgive me of, of even the, like, man, I was a horrible person. I've done some really crazy things. Can he forgive me of that? Is that even possible? Or we celebrate in prayer, like we celebrate and we talk about relationships. We celebrate the miraculous of what God is doing. And then we're like, ah, is that possible? Could he really do that? Right? Is that, is that, is that in his character? Is that in his nature? And, and for whatever reason, we begin to doubt. And I just want to encourage you today, when you leave service, would you pick up the shield of faith? Because in order to have faith in God, you must receive faith from God. Right? If you're going to have it and you're going to be like, man, I need to have faith, then you need to receive faith. According to Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Did you hear that? Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So every time you're in an environment where the word is being preached, where the word is being taught, faith is being deposited in your life. Right? So you're putting yourself in an environment when you jump into the word of God on a daily basis and you're like, man, what am I doing? I'm depositing faith into my life because God's word builds up that faith. And so when you face difficult situations, that faith begins to flow from you. The problem we have is you cannot withdraw something that you never deposit. Like tomorrow morning, like if I go to the bank tomorrow morning and I fill out a withdrawal slip and I put $10,000 and I walk up to the counter and I hand that slip with my account number on it and I said, I'd like to withdraw $10,000. They're going to take that slip. They're going to punch in the number and then there's going to be a problem. You know what that problem is? They're going to be like, sir, you would like to withdraw $10,000, but your balance says $100. we are having a slight issue. Don't worry. I do have more than $100. I'm just using it. Some of you are like, that's it. You broke. But... But the problem is, is I didn't deposit 10 grand, which means I cannot withdraw 10 grand. So we begin to walk through situations and circumstances and trials in our life. And we're like, man, I need more faith. If you deposit faith, you can withdraw faith. Then you can pick up that shield and be like, no, 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 not today. Man, these deposits I've been making every day when I'm in the word, man, every deposit I'm making allows me and empowers me to distinguish the darts of the enemy. And so we need to have that. But that also means we need to be careful. Because if we put ourselves in a position to experience his message and his word, then we need to be careful of what we're listening to. Right? And this isn't a legalistic, like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But we should be mindful. What are we watching? What are we listening to? What's, what's the podcast, the latest podcast? What's the, what's the newest movie? What's the next thing we're going to watch on Netflix? Like, what's the thing that's captivating our minds And are we making the correct deposits because we can't deposit something, we cannot withdraw something we never make a deposit on? I remember the last time I preached a couple weeks ago, I said, what what you starve dies and what you feed grows. So what are you feeding? Right, what are you feeding? When you listen to the the world, you deposit worry. When, When you listen to the truth, you deposit faith. Right? And so what do we do? We, sometimes we struggle and we're like, man, I'm, I'm listening to the world and so I'm depositing worry and, or hopefully we're listening to the truth and it's depositing faith. And so what if you took your morning commute and you said, man, I'm going to make some faith deposits this morning. 
Uh, man, uh, Pastor Phil posts the, 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 the Wednesday worship and this song I've never heard. And he, he explains, man, it uh, goes in a little bit of detail what the song means, how it applies to scripture. And you're like, man, I'm going to listen to this song a couple times. I'm going to get to know what this song is saying. What, what is it meaning? And then you just put that on repeat a few times. Or maybe it's a brand new song. And he's like, hey, we're doing this new song on Sunday. And you're like, I don't want to just show up and read it. I want to experience God through it. And so you just, and you're just listening to it. So you're like, what am I doing? You're making deposits so you can make withdrawals. How many know that here at Radiant Life Church, we have a spiritual growth plan. Every year for the last, I want to say nine years, we have had a spiritual growth plan that all of us can do together. And so you're like, man, what does that mean? That means we can walk through the word daily and discuss it with one another. You can post like, hey, this is what jumped out to me. This is what stood out to me. Right? And then maybe grab two or three people and build a community group where you're like, hey, let's, let's, be the, let's do this together. Let's comment together. Let's read together. Let's hold each other accountable to what the word of God says. And let's, let's make sure we're depositing faith into our lives. And so maybe on your commute, this is what I do. I put it because, uh, not that I want him to speak faster, but he's got the accent and I'm like, I need him to speak faster so I can. So I put it on two and I'm like playing. I'm like, blah, 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 right. And, and uh, I'm engaged in what God is doing and what his word has to say. And don't, don't have a master's degree in college and a dropout in scripture, right? Like, mm, I got the education. I got the knowledge. I, I got all of this stuff. But when it comes to the word of God, I'll only go to it when I need it. How about have it so when you need it, you get to use it, right? So we have to be willing to dive into the word. That's why today is so important. Today matters. As a matter of fact, every Sunday matters because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position to hear his word. So you make that deposit. So every day when you're like, no, I'm going to pick up that shield of faith. Why? Because there were some deposits I needed on Sunday. And now I can pick up that shield of faith and walk in it. That's nice. Ah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but there's just times I just don't get anything out of the message. I tend to think, okay, this is just me, that anytime we put ourselves in a position to be learners, will gain something. There will always at least one nugget, okay? But maybe you're like, ah, maybe there's just one nugget, but, but the rest of it. You may not need it today, but you may need it in six months, right? That deposit of faith of, of a particular message, you're like, that wasn't for me. Like when I, we preach or teach on marriage and all the single people are like, that's not for me. And I tell all the single people, how great is it that you can know exact, have truths of what God says about marriage and how to love your spouse so that one day when he does bring your number two, you're so in love with your number one that you know how to function in a marriage relationship context. Instead of five years down the road going, I hate them, they hate me, it's over. No, we, we worked on it. We prepared our hearts. We learned how to love selflessly and not selfishly. And so you may not need it today, but you may need it tomorrow. And so you remember, you're like, man, I remember that series on marriage and how it helped me. Man, I remember when we did that series, The Power of Choice. And so I know I can make the right choice today. Man, I remember that series on weird stuff in the Bible. Right? How many of you were here for that one? Because there's some weird stuff, like axe heads floating. Like, I don't get it, right? But we unpacked, like, what does all that mean? You're like, I remembered that. So three years later, you're like, man, when we did that, when we did that uh, walkthrough, uh, big verse of, of the book of Ephesians, man, I remember and I unpacked that and it's helped me. So six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, you're like, no, 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 no. I'm picking up that shield of faith because that deposit was made two years ago. And now I'm withdrawing because I've saturated myself with his word. So parents, keep bringing your kids to church, right? Because the bank is open today. Their lives, their hearts are open. And so you're making deposits into their life. And when, it's, when church is over and you're in the car and you're heading to go get some lunch, 
hey, what'd you learn today? And I know some of you are like, if you knew my kid, my kid's response will be this, nothing. <laughs> so you did nothing, nothing. Did you sing? Nope. What was the Bible verse? Don't know. Okay, press a little bit deeper, right? Push in a little bit more and say, what did you learn? What did you gain? What, what was talked about? What illustration was used? How do you, and then unpack that for them because here's what Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You see, the deposits of his word will get you through the darkest days of your life. The deposits of his word will get you through the darkest days of your life. Second thought on faith is faith must grow. Faith must grow. Once it's been deposited, it must be applied. You see, you hear the word, but do you practice the word? You see the difference? You hear the word, but do you practice the word? Do you, do you have the knowledge? James 2.17 says, In the same way, faith by itself, is not a, if not accompanied by action, is dead. That means if what you deposit is not applied, then it will die. Let me put it to you this way. Faith will decline or develop. Faith will either decline or develop. And sometimes we say things like, ah, I'm just not growing in my faith. My challenge or pushback to you would be, have you applied what you've already heard? Oh, pastor, I just, I just want to go deeper in the word. I love that. I love the passion. And I love the heart of that. But if you can't apply the basic Sunday school principles, then how are you going to apply the, the Greek and the Hebrew of the text? And so have we put into practice what we've already heard? How many know exercise is, is a great thing? Uh, one day I'll start doing it. Um, but here's the deal. <laughs> if I went to the gym today, if we all walked down the Planet Fitness and we walked into the gym, some of you may do this, not me, and some, right? You're like, we're going to start with the heaviest weight. We're going to pick up the 100 pound dumbbells and we're just, ah! I'd be more like this, ah! Right? And it, but it's one of those things like, no, you don't start with the heaviest weight, you start with what you can do. And then over time, you push yourself more, and then you add more weight, and then you add more weight, and then you add more weight. If I were to say, hey, today we're going to go run a mile. Bad idea first, number one. Bad idea. But we wouldn't start with just a full sprint of a mile. I would say, hey, why don't we do this? We're going to run a mile. But what we're going to do is we're going to walk a mile for the first four weeks. Every day I want you to walk one mile. And then after four weeks, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just lightly jog a mile. Maybe not even jog a mile. How about jog a tenth of a mile? And then the second week, we'll do two tenths. And then we'll keep building from there. I don't know where this name came from. It's, I, I, I'm sure somebody invented the name and we just did it. But when I ran cross country, we'd do these things called fart licks. Again, I don't know where the name came from. Okay, it sounds disgusting. They felt disgusting. Because for about eight miles, here's what we would do. We'd have a clock. Someone would run with us. Go. And we'd sprint. And all of a sudden, stop. And you'd walk. And we would walk always for shorter distances and shorter time than we ever did anything else jerk coach, right? And then we'd walk and they'd be like, okay, go again. And then you start jogging. And then halfway through your jog, he'd be like, okay, sprint. Ah, what were we doing? We were stretching ourselves and building up endurance. A number of years ago, I uh, hurt my back. And uh, so I had some herniated disc and they were like, hey, before we do any surgery, you need to go to chiropractor. I said, been there, done that 36 times, still in pain. Oh, we need you to go to physical therapy. Went to physical therapy. Um, and here's, here's what the physical therapist did. Uh, wonderful lady, she's from California. She, she's like, all right, let's see what we can do. And a lot of things in your lower back are attached to your hamstrings. So let's, let's see how your hamstrings are. <laughs> and she was like, you know, you are really, you're wound really tight. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, that seems that way. Like when they say touch your toes, I'm like, got that, all right. <laughs> 
So she, she goes to the owner of the physical therapy place. You need to come in here. And I'm like, I'm a spectacle. That's what I am. This is, this is where it's all at. And uh, he comes in. She goes, he has the tightest hamstrings I've ever seen. And he's like, I've seen and worked with a lot of people. I don't think that's possible. He grabs my leg. I'm laying flat on the table. He grabs my leg, goes to push, gets, gets at a certain degree. And he goes, are you for real? He goes, that's it? I was like, yeah, that's it. It ain't going any further. I'm feeling pain here, bro. He's like, I've worked on cadavers that are more flexible than you. And I was like, well, that's why I'm here paying you. You need to fix me, bro. Like, I didn't know if I should have been encouraged or discouraged. He, I, I felt like I was a dead guy. But here was the deal. Week after week, they would stretch. They would stretch. They put these weighted hot blankets on my hamstrings for about 15 minutes. And then they'd stretch the snot out of me. And then every time I was there, hey, here's your homework. Here's your homework. Here's what I want you to do. And they would increase it over time. Sure enough, after about five months, I was like, huh. Yeah, I can still, yeah, I can still touch it. Like there was more flexibility. There was flexibility because after what they were doing is building that up over and over and over again. So being stretched is not a bad thing. Here's why. What is stretching you today is preparing you for your victory tomorrow. What is stretching you today is preparing for you for your victory tomorrow, right? You're like, man, that's stretching, that pulling. It's there for a reason. Look at the person next to you and say, you're stronger than you think. But you got to tell them like you mean it. You're stronger than you think. No, don't yell like that. You'll create, don't make them cry. You are stronger than you think. You're going to make it. The stretching that you are walking through today is preparing you for victory tomorrow. Second Thessalonians 1.3, it says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. Your faith, the deposits, I see them. The, the stretching is growing and growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Man, may that be the heart of Radiant Life Church, right? That there is a constant growth there's a constant desire to learn more about God and have those deposits of faith in our lives. But I love what happened because they were growing in their faith, because their capacity was growing with more of the Lord. Look how it impacted the community. They loved one another well. And may we always love one another well because of the growth in our lives. How many remember there's some firsts? So you think about being stretched and having faith that grows. Remember the first time you had to pray out loud? I don't remember mine, but I can tell you it was horrible. I guarantee you it was bad. Like God was probably like, no, that was really bad. Not answering that one. Like, it was bad. It was really bad. I remember the first time like getting in a prayer huddle, old school. Like remember, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know any of these things. So then I'm already don't like to be touched. And they're like, hey, come down front to the altar and grab the hand of the person next to you. I'm like, this is a bad idea. I grabbed the hand of the biggest dude in the world. Like I got swallowed up and he's squeezing the life out of my fingers where I'm like, I'm losing circulation. Uh, we're going to need amputated from this dude holding my hand during prayer and uh, holding his hand. And then they were like, if you don't feel comfortable praying, just squeeze the person of the hand to your left. I was like, I got that. <laughs> so all of a sudden it gets to me. That's as fast as I've ever squeezed another man's hand. I can guarantee you that. Cause I was like, ding -a -ding -a -ding -a -ding. no, I'm not praying. Like, no, this is going to be bad. But what happens is you remember the first time you prayed and now when someone's like, hey, would you pray for us? You're like, oh yeah. And now you're making these rock star prayers because, because what you've done is you've been stretched and now you have grown in your faith and now you feel comfortable praying out loud. Right, the first time, I remember the first time I ever had to give in the offering. My thought was, remember, no church experience. They're talking about the offering and I was like, oh no. 
There's no way that I'm giving money so the preacher can be rich and I can be broke. That ain't happening. And then God one day was like, no, you're going to be the preacher. And now I know for sure that was a lie from the enemy, right? <laughs> it's not how it works. Uh, but, but here was the deal. I was like, oh, Lord. And then they started passing the plate and it had the little cushion on the bottom of it. That's for the cheap people to put in change. And they don't hear. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what it's for. But, but I was like, ah, should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, ah. Right? I felt like I should go back to where they were counting it and knock on the door. Can I get that back? No, I didn't do that. But, but it was that stretching. But here's what I love. Decades ago, I was stretched and God has met every single need along that stretching. We have never gone or, or wanted for anything because it's his faithfulness. He was stretching us. And here's why. Stretching is not meant to break you. It's meant to build you. It's not meant to break you like, oh, now I'm not going to be able to, to feed my kids. No, it's meant to build you up. First time I ever preached, Radiant Life Church, almost 12 years ago. Come on. Right? Almost 12 years ago, I remember I preached. I preached about people, Peter walking on water, like, come on. Uh, after that moment, elected pastor, first 18 months, I'm here pastoring this church. I officiated 23 funerals. My preaching was so bad that people would rather see Jesus. <laughs> like, nope, it would be better. Right? Like, I'm going to see Jesus because you're horrible. Like, that walking on water wasn't good enough. I'm going to see Jesus because he's the real word. I'm like, yeah, but, but here's the deal. I, I remember that. And I thought to myself, man, this is, ah, we need to bring in more guest speakers because the, the people need to be more eloquent. They need to have something else other than me. And ah, it's going to be good. But here's the deal. Now when I don't, I miss it. Right? I miss it because there is a stretching. There is a building. There is a, a growth that has taken place. And I wonder, when is the last time you exercised your faith? When's the last time you, you increased your, the amount that you could lift because of your faith? When is the last time you exercised and you invited a neighbor to church? When's the last time you raised your hands in worship? When's the last time you exercised your faith and you trusted the Lord with your finances? When's the last time you exercised that faith and we're like, man, on week four, whenever they talk about, and they had this volunteer of the month and they say the best way to serve God is by serving others. I'm like, I'm not serving and you, I should be serving because there is purpose behind it. Yes. And you exercise that faith and say, I'm going to jump in and start serving. Or maybe when it, when it comes time, because we're going to take a missions trip to New York City in December, and then we're going to Nicaragua in 2024. We're going to be building some buildings. And you're like, ah, I just don't know. And you're like, no, I'm going to exercise that faith. And I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to go on the mission field. And I'm going to serve lost people. Because faith must grow. Lastly, faith must be activated. You receive it. It grows. And now you've got to activate it. The darts come. There's going to be attack. And how do we do that? How do we activate a faith? I'm gonna give you three things. You ready? The first is this. You have to speak God's word. When Jesus was tempted, what did he say? As it is written. Right? What did he, he, didn't, he didn't say, hey, my opinion is, I got some thoughts. No, he went back to the word. He was the word. He used the word to defeat the enemy and said, no, 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 it is written. So he stood upon the truth because he was the truth. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, it is written. I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So we, we have a faith that believes, but then we, we speak it. And we, 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 we say, man, that when it comes to giving, I'm going I'm to speak the name of Jesus. And I'm going to trust him. When it comes to my anxiety or my fear, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. Because the one who is in me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the anxiety and the fear that are attacking my life, those arrows that are coming, whenever those begin to rise up in my life, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. Last week when I was traveling, every now and then I get this, it's not, it's, it's like a travel anxiety. Only because I want to know where I'm going. 
So I'm good. As soon as I get there, I'm like, oh, this is great. But it's like, oh, did we pick the right place? Because how many know pictures lie? <laughs> it's like, is this place really as nice? Or are the bugs carrying the bed out the door? I don't know. And so it's, you get there and it's like really nice. But it's in those moments where I do, I speak the name of Jesus. Put on some worship music and I'm like, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. It's all going to work out. So you speak the name over your family. Your kids are going cray cray and you're like, no, I'm going to speak their, I'm going to speak Jesus's name. There's temptation coming your way. I'm going to speak his name. So you speak his name. The second thing is you need to do is surround yourself with people of faith. Surround yourself with people of faith because faith is contagious. It's contagious. When you see it alive in somebody and they're walking through a dark time, a difficult time, a trial, and they have that gospel of peace and you're just watching them walk and you're like, dude, how are you, how are you peaceful right now? Because ah, the Lord is my strength. I'll walk through the darkest valley and I'll fear no evil because God is with me, man. His, his staff, it, it comforts me. Ah, I want that. It's contagious, right? This was, uh, I, it was last year, I think at some point, um, I, for whatever reason, within like two months, I got diagnosed with two autoimmune diseases. And I was like, oh, what's happening? I get this and I get this. Well, I was, I was talking to Jeff and Renee Chenevy and I was like, yeah, I gotta go to the doctor. And the doctor thinks it's, it's rheumatoid arthritis. And, 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 and Jeff looks at me, he's like, I'm believing in Jesus' name that this is not gonna impact you. And I'm speaking against that. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I'm the preacher, he's encouraging me, right? Because faith is contagious. It's contagious. You need people in your corner, man, with some faith who are gonna lift you up, who are gonna stand with you, who are gonna be with you. The soldiers, uh, the Roman soldiers, there are moments where they would come together and it would look like this. This was called turtle formation, not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle formation, but this is turtle formation. What are they doing? They're saying, hey, we'll line up together and then we're gonna build a canopy over top of us. So any arrows that come in front of us or any arrows that come over top of us, we'll get in this formation because any arrow that comes, we have a defense mechanism because we are better together. They knew it. We can know it. We, we talked about, uh, Pastor Angel talked about this morning, right? The, uh, last year, and I, I encourage you, I implore you, do you. Man, you talk about community. Community, that's life groups. You want, you want to be in community with people? I would encourage you, in September, the third week of September, we're relaunching life groups. We all need to be in a life group because somewhere deep inside all of us, even for the extreme introverts, we desire community because we are better together. So this year, uh, Josh and Sarah Barch led one of our life groups, and uh, they held it at our next-door neighbor, uh, Jim and Jen Moyer. And uh, we started loading up this life group, and it's, it's really full. And I'm thinking to myself, like, month one, they're going to have to split because it's already growing. Um, but here's their heart so much. The host home and the leader came together and were like, no, we're going to ask everybody to be a part of our life group. By the end of it, they weren't a life group. They were a small church. They had, like, 45 people showing up to one house. And... Listen, our neighborhood got some houses, but we don't live in the biggest ones, right? And so it was like, man, you jam 45 people into a ranch and like it's full and it's, and it's packed. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, how is this life group expanding and blowing up? Because they get the heart of it. It's community. We need it because we are better together. And all summer long, we haven't been having life groups, but they're still having parties because it's community. We need it within all of us. And so I would encourage you, I would implore you, sign up for a life group. You're like, well, I was in one last year. Don't I automatically get put in one this year? No, you sign up again. So sign up. And if you're like, hey, we have a house and we'd love to host, perfect. We'll use you too, right? Because there's gonna be so many people I know that are gonna be a part of it. We have almost 80% of our population of church invested in a life group. Let's make it 90, right? Let's go a little bit further. Why? Because we need it, because community is important. 
Do you know what Sierra and Josh understand? Do you know what Jim and Jen understand? That Christianity is not a solo sport. Yes, we give our lives individually. No one can make, a, make that happen. You give your life, your heart to Jesus because it's a personal relationship. But once you've made that decision, we need each other. We need to be there for encouragement. We need to be there to, to walk alongside each other. It's why we push for next steps in midweeks because we need each other. It's why we push to get on a team, right? This morning, there are people who are serving. They're on a team, right? And we like to call them the dream team. Does anybody know where the dream team started, right? Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen. That was my dude, like lefty. He's Patrick Ewing, Magic Johnson. I could probably name them all. Someone mentioned this first service. They were like, you forgot Christian Leitner. And I was like, doesn't count. Um, but it, if you know sports, you know why I said that. But here's the deal. This, this was a dream team. They, they, they won the Olympics, crushed everybody. Because you put the best people. We have the best people this morning who are serving on a team that are enjoying community. And when you, you're like, how is serving creating community? Because you're walking alongside people and with people. And so I would encourage you to hop on a team. You need, you need to experience a breakthrough in your life. I, no, I believe with you. I'm with you. You want to take back some, some territory that the enemy has taken from you? I will, I will help you take back some territory. I will fight on your behalf. Your neighbor's messing with you and you need to throw hands? Okay, never mind. We won't go there. <laughs> I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor now. Right? But here's the deal is we need each other. So we speak God's word. We surround ourselves with people of faith. And then lastly, I activate my faith when I keep my eyes on Jesus. I think sometimes we're too busy looking at the arrow. I think we need to spend more time focusing on the problem solver than on the problem. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter, the author, the beginner of our faith. It starts with him, it ends with him. He is alpha and omega, right? He is beginning and the end. And so we, we fix our eyes on him. The year was 1996. You may have been glued to the TV the women's gymnastics team for the Olympics was set to win gold medal. They just needed Carrie Strug to do the vault. She's done it thousands upon thousands of times. She excels in it. I don't remember the exact score like she needed, whether it was like 9.5 or something higher, which like that's easy for her. So the time is up, like everybody's cheering, all eyes, we're all glued in, like, man, USA is about to win gold as a team because they have the individual and then team sport. This was for team. And she's going to do this vault and it's going to be awesome, right? She's going to run and hit that trampoline, launch off that vault and do the, like, all these spins and she's going to land and we're going to have victory. So she's up, they call her name, does a little wave, like, yep, yeah, and then takes off, flips, lands. But this time she didn't land the way she ever wanted to land snaps her ankle can barely walk crying in tears teammates are crying because they know it's over she got two chances but she can't walk how could she possibly run and jump and land again it's impossible coach Bella's looking over and he sees this taking place and he, he goes over and he says Carrie I need you to do me a favor I need you to look at me just look at me I know you're in pain I know you're feeling a lot and I know what you can see, but I want you to know I see something different. And so I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to have some grit, some tenacity, and I'm gonna ask you to give this one more shot, but there's gonna be a difference. I don't, I don't want you to look at the mat. I don't want you to look at the vault. I don't want you to look at the crowd. I don't want you to look at the team. What I want you to do is look at me. 
just look at me. So they tape her up. She walks to the end, to the end, and he's like, focus. Just look at me. So here she is. She's getting ready, not looking at team, not focusing on anything else in front of her. And she begins her run, and she jumps off the vault, and she lands and stands like this, and USA wins the gold medal. And I wonder if it was because her attention wasn't on her pain, her attention wasn't on what she could see, her attention wasn't on the emotions of what she could feel, but she stayed focused on the person in the room that mattered the most. And I wonder today if that's a challenge for all of us, that we need to put our eyes fixed on Jesus, not on our brokenness, not on the things that we can see, not on the pain that we can feel, but Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. If you want to experience a victory, I would encourage you this morning to lean in and to look and to gaze and to connect with his eyes this morning and to keep your eyes on him. So if you want to experience a victory, stand to your feet all over this place and gaze and fix upon Jesus this morning.